Welcome to Seize the GM. I'm your host, Zended. I am your co-host, Jules. And I'm Garda Moje. Have you ever had a great idea for a campaign? Do you have a group of friends who want to play an RPG, but you have no one to run it? Do you want to see what the world is like behind the GM screen instead of in front of it? Well, we're here to help you do just that. Each week, the three of us will be discussing various GMing topics, terminology, maps, atmosphere, world building, you name it. So sit back and relax. Let us help you. Improve your art of GMing. One show at a time. Better, better, better. And we are entering the banter segment. Welcome back to another episode of Seize the Gia. Hey. So, guys, what is going on? I think we're living in a very, very strange timeline. The Colonel has a dating sim and Wendy's has an RPG. I have no idea, you know, um, and then we have the announcement for Trump impeachment and all that. What the hell did they find at Area 51? <laughs> what the fuck did they unleash? I I don't know. It's a, It's been strange, that's for sure. Yeah. The dating sim is actually, the the artwork in that thing is a lot better than any, it has any right to be, and the artwork in the Wendy's book, mwah. <laughs> Perfection. The rules are nice. I actually kind of want to run the Wendy's game. <laughs> that might not be a bad idea for, you know, um, stuff you do. Like, instead of actually going out on Black Friday, you go, you you do a drive through you grab some Wendy's, you go home, and you play an RPG. <laughs> and, you, you know, you do the Wendy's thing, but you get to eat the leftover pumpkin pie. Because I'll be honest, with eating that much turkey on Thanksgiving – I don't want it the very next day. Yeah, but see, the problem is uh, with the Wendy's RPG, uh, if you start eating other foods, uh, you get some debuffs to your rolls. Nothing. <laughs> no, no, you're a lot. As long, no, the thing is, like, if you can go and, like, get a Baconator or something like that, but you can have, like, leftover pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Well, as I'm saying, you start off with the buff from the Baconator, yeah. but then once you start eating the pie in the game, you get negative rolls. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. I, I love that, that that is a mechanic. It's, it is. It is funny. It's it is it's adorable. Yeah. I I am glad that you have shared this with us because I, I did not see this mm-hmm. because I have been in a social media blackout for the most part. Well, if, uh, the, I've been playing the dating sim mostly because I I need to laugh. I need. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. a character in there that's like a, a sentient oven. Of course, there is. <laughs> Why not? Uh, Why not? Uh, <sighs> just in case you were curious, what we're talking about the uh, Feast of Legends, the Rise from the Deep Freeze, Wendy's tabletop RPG, which is 90 plate pages of rules, artwork, and uh, adventure, I'll be is honest. available. From feastoflegends.com, which during this recording is currently down because of the number of people trying to go to the site. Yeah. Really? 
Yeah, oh, yeah, yes. I couldn't get to it. Well, I didn't know that, that Okay, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're getting slammed with traffic. So That's awesome, though. Yeah. Oh, it is, it is a brilliant piece of uh, consenting advertisement. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, you get... I mean, you buy into it. It's, this well, is something you're buying into. And it's... Fu- the thing is, like, it's funny. I mean, like, it's like, you know, what was it, the the, the clapback queen or something? Ruled by the clapback queen? I'm like, because of, like, all the snarky Wendy's tweets, I'm like, delightful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a good segue there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, sometimes they come naturally, sometimes they don't. Yeah, but the the thing I I like about it, it's it, it's a quality product. You know, it's not just you know, it, it's not just like cheap tat. You know, it, it took effort. You know, for the artist, and then they had to format it. And 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 null, you said it is like the. I mean, you didn't have any issues with the PDF. I didn't have any issues. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's a clean looking product that just is free. <laughs> like yeah. Um, there's another one that's like that. It's from a comic book actually called Die. And when they did their first, I want to say it was like the first four issues. They had because the premise of the comic is that there's a a world that they get kind of sucked into, the world of Die. And in it, they take on these roles as these characters, and it ends up that so many people were like, this is really, really cool. And so Image was like, we made an RPG for it. So they've got like a beta that's out that you can play right now based on this comic. So it's just another very slick form of advertising for their comic that they also are doing, like Wendy's is doing with this. And, you know, they're both free. They want you to play them because it, if you end up doing it, and like, you know, with, with the Feast of Legends, if you are out there buying Wendy's before the game so that you get all of your buffs. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, like but I said, it is consenting. You are consenting to this advertisement. And it is a very slick, slick way of doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the other thing is also by doing it, it's, you know, yes. And... and the thing is, we are aware that we're being advertised to, but it's endearing. It's I, it's campy, but it's not pandering. It makes sense. Yeah. And it's enjoyable. And the fact is, is like, so if you're driving down and there's like a Taco Bell and then there's a Wendy's, you're probably going to be more likely to hit the Wendy's just because they built up, you know, out of the out of the uh, ordinary goodwill. It's like you know when they start doing some of the clapbacks for people's being like. You know, making weird and just kind of sarcastic comments and and clapping back at people on Twitter. Awesome. 
sometimes, sometimes, you know, when, when the world, it's like when everything is crap or everything's poop or, you know, everything is just like, I shouldn't be having to wear a bathing suit in October kind of a thing. You know, it's, you, you remember the good things longer. Yeah. You know, when everything's going, and the thing is like, so right now it's just like if you have like a, they sparked a goodwill thing. And who knows what's going to come out of it? I mean, they might use it for, you know, uh, I can't remember what it was, but, uh, it was Matt Mercer did, uh, ran a one-on-one D&D campaign for Stephen Colbert to raise money for charity. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's that kind of thing. Maybe they sponsor something to, to end hunger and a game gets run and, you know, it introduces more people to RPGs and builds up you know, community goodwill, because it's not just a quality product. We know what we're getting. Yeah. 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 And the fact that they have synergy bonuses, I mean, that shows something, man. <laughs> like Frosties and French fries, if, you know, I, I, no, you told me, you, what were the specifics on that one? The level one order of the French fry character gets a bonus, uh, a passive bonus, if they're next to someone who's order of the Frosty. Within 10 feet, they get, like, a bonus on their skill checks or advantage on the skill checks. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a wonderful, wonderful reference to a cultural kind of habit. Yeah, that I, I can't deal. I, I, I can't get behind that one. <laughs> I did that as a kid, and, uh, so it's been a long time since I've had Wendy's. I would probably do it again. Yeah. Even if it's even if it's just to pick up a frosty, you know, it's like I want to. It's like I'm craving like an ice, especially with the heat. Yeah. And I know Zen. I know you're melting. So I am. It's crazy. But well, well, we could probably have an entire show on just the, oh, the, the beauty yeah. of of slick advertising. I think we're going to go ahead and and slide over into our main topic, which is going to be consent in your game. Mm-hmm. This has definitely been kind of a hot button as of recently, thanks to a product that came up, what, last month? Uh, or was that not? This has been out a while, I think, hasn't it? It came out... It came out a bit ago, but it was just recently re-referenced. Yeah. It, it came out at some point during this year. And I, I don't think it was that long ago. But it is, for for those that don't know, it's consent in gaming. And September it's by, 11th, 2019. Yeah, so it hasn't been out for that long. It's been less than a month. So, and it's by Sean K. Reynolds and Shauna Germain. And... And put out by Monty Cook Games. Yeah. Uh-huh. For the Cypher system. Though so it is really not for any specific system. It is actually an agnostic thing. Which is the way it should be. Because the concept of consent in your games is one of those things that really are important especially nowadays because nowadays people seem to be more open about things that disturb them 
mm-hmm. or that they are just uncomfortable well, with. Well, I mean, it's something that we've always talked about in terms of our advice towards game masters in general, in that we've always made the argument of knowing who and what your players are. And now mm-hmm. we normally talk about that in terms of knowing what type of games they like, whether they like to do swashbuckling action games or mysterious, you know, kind of investigative puzzle-solving games. Yeah. But we've also talked about knowing what is appropriate topics for your players. You know, we've talked about running games for younger players, running games for older players. Well, consent comes up as a factor when we talk about that. Because, you know, while we think that, well, not everybody necessarily thinks that, but while it's kind of people sometimes thinks that, you know, okay, well, if we have big scary monsters, well, that's, you know, no kids then. Well, sometimes adults don't want to deal with big scary monsters, you know. Some people... Don't like spiders. Some people don't like snakes. I was, Some people. I was, I was actually going to say because one of the one of the guys that's in mm. my group that we do the AP with, he is an arachnophobe. Mm-hmm. Bad. Like even seeing a mini on the table is enough to send him like backing away. Yeah. So I have to that's use so- other things for that if I'm going to use spiders. Yeah, and that's a reasonable request, you know. Yeah. Like oh, totally. He, yeah, he's freaked out by spiders, and he, they let you know. Yep. And so you've, you know, as you develop the game and the set settings for them, that's something you're not forcing them to deal with, you know. And, and yeah. this is not to say that just because somebody's scared of something, they shouldn't deal with at the table, because there is something to be said for facing your fears and things like that. But they have again, to want to and be in the right area and time to. Like if exactly. you're scared, like if you're scared of big, big dogs, you know, because you were attacked by one as a kid, and you know, you might want to start okay, getting, you know, confronting it. Okay, that's fine. But if you know you're still not over that fighting against a, a freaking bargast or a hellhound, and but the thing is. And the thing is, like, for a lot of these encounters, you don't even have to say it's a giant spider, it's a giant dog, a big critter. Yeah. You know, and you don't, you, and the thing is, like, you know, unless it's very, very specifically, it has to be a spider, but say you're running a module, all you would have to do, it's like, you know, um, just, if you can sometimes just for to bring it not as in in the face, you know, to maybe accommodate it, and if your players are cool with it, you know, it's like this like the big critter or the big beast or something like that. To you know, you can try that with your players' consent to see, okay, you know what? Hey, I can handle that as long as you're not going this spider with it with the kittenous um, skin and the clacking of its of its mandibles and oh, sure. and oh, you sure. know. Do you have yeah. a spider in a module? Well, okay, bam. Uh, it's a slime monster that shoots out this slime that will cause you to be stuck in this gooey substance mechanically the same as a web and, or whatever. Yeah. Or, but, mm-hmm. or if people are afraid of specifically spiders, do ants or ticks. It's still even in the Fleas same. Fleas are good. Yeah. yeah. Fleas are good. Because so, everyone, because the thing is, like, you might not, fleas, most people, aren't as scared of them, but they freaking hate them with the fiery passion of a thousand suns. Yeah, well, yes. 
But no, you just got now, a new player, so. here's the thing also with this. It's not just are you okay with with that. It's not just, oh, this thing that I'm afraid of. What if, like, say, for instance, there's, you're, you're wanting to put, like, a romantic element in. Sometimes people are just not, not interested in that. Yeah. I, I, with the, with our D&D game, it's like, you know what? I don't want to have to deal with a lot of interpersonal bullshit. I don't want to deal with romance. I don't want to deal with seduction. I don't want to deal with intrigue. I don't want to deal with spy shit. I want to, you know, solve, there's mystery and then there's like the annoying, stupid mystery. It's like, I, I want a journey. I want an adventure. I'd rather have more of a journey to the West kind of a thing where the actions of other people determine a lot of the interpersonal relationships. Yeah. And because you I want have everything. To, you if know, you want those things to happen, you want them to happen awesome. Yeah, because it gets in the way of me having fun. I have to deal with people all the time at work, yeah. and I have to deal with drama and bullshit. And then, you know, you got stuff happening with people that are your friends, and you love them, so you support them. But at the end, it's like, I just want to stab, it's like, I just want to stab a, stab a boule right in the top of the roof of its mouth, please. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's, and here's and here's the one thing. It's you're the GM, and if you want to run a game, you know, one, you don't force it on your players, but as a player, you can't tell. It, it's kind of a dick move to the GM if they have, you know, um, you know, uh, like say say they're running a horror game and they're using like a Hellraiser thing, and it's all based around this one theme, and I put a lot of work into it. And you just pretty much knowing that, and the thing is like knowing they're doing this, like no, well you can't include that. I'm not comfortable with it. Maybe you could say it's like, and if that is no, actually, actually they have every the same right thing to, too. They have every right to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. with it. Well, they no, and, they, but the but the the thing is though that if I am telling my players I want to put, I want to run a game based on uh that has kind of like a Hellraiser theme and X Y and Z. You know, if you haven't seen Hellraiser, you know, you can wiki or, you know, stuff like that. Well, and you come well, up with it and then you go like, well, I don't like that kind of creepy stuff. No puzzle. But I'm like, what? The well, thing is, that's okay. They just have that's, to tell you, but they shouldn't, you know. Right. But that's the thing. That's what act we're talking like they're about. In on it. It. Well, that's they the thing. Consent. We're talking about like the front end. If you're talking about trying to make a campaign with that movie and those references, before you sit down and start working on that campaign, you need you to should say sh- something. I did, yeah, but, they, but if they don't speak up and then you start running the game well, and then well, of course, of course, of course, the, that's no, the right. one thing you do have because to tell is open communication, not just between the GM and the players, but the players and the GM. It's kind of a dick move if they know what's coming. Everybody knows kind of what's coming. You know, if somebody right, doesn't but, like Freddy or something. Okay, but see, here's the thing. Like, I've run a, I've run a wraith game where one of the one of the people came to me because when we first started it, it was we were everybody sat around. We all said, you know, because I wanted to have. Okay, how did your character die? What are the immediate circumstances surrounding it? Because we were going to play out their death scenes. 
you know, and one guy was like, uh, you know, he had been in a car accident, you know, somebody oh, else yeah. was like this. Well, one of them was she had been, now this was a female player and a female character. Now I had, in this game, I had two girls and two guys playing. And she decided that she had been kidnapped and uh, sexually assaulted and killed in that process. And I said, okay, this is, this is really dark. Yeah. You know, and everyone, this is, but that means no, everyone has to buy into no, no. having something Hold like on. that. So we all agreed as a group, okay, as long as it's handled in a responsible way, we will play it. But if anybody at any moment has any reservations about it, it stops immediately. Okay? Because that's what you have to do. Absolutely. Because, but see, here's the thing. So everybody agreed. The other girl was the only one who was like, uh, and she was the one that put the very hard caveat of if any, at any moment, anybody becomes uncomfortable, they immediately have to say something. And everybody agreed to it. The first person, the first person who stopped it was one of the guys who had not spoken up at all. He became uncomfortable. No, he had bought into it. He had agreed. And then when it became uncomfortable for him, he said, I'm not, this needs to stop. And it immediately stopped and we went to the next thing. But that's. That is, but the thing is, though, I'm, what I'm, what I'm more referring to is that, like, we've all agreed to do this. It, it, it's, I'm not talking about a, a very specific situa- situation. Well, I'm talking about the entire premise of a campaign, and you've made that clear to your players. And I've had this where we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and I let them know it's like, okay, it's going to be like Freddy Krueger and creepy and spooky and, you know, all that fun stuff, you know, and, you know, haunting your dreams. Okay, what are dream topics you don't want me to put in? And people I have had, you know, they're like, well, I don't want, it's like, you're going to have to change the entire nature of your campaign. Because now well, it's like, at, that, at that is, point, at that point, you need to decide, you know, you need to talk to the player as a GM and mm-hmm. decide, is this the appropriate campaign for you to be a part of? Yeah. Exactly. And if basically they, they are retrieving, well, no, they're okay. retrieving consent and that's okay. The, but the result don't is force, that. You shouldn't well, no, force somebody to be in a game if you're not feeling comfy with it. If they're not feeling comfortable, don't force it. But the one thing you also have to do is let, if you're not comfortable with it, like, hey, guys, I'm not comfortable with it, but and how integral is it to the premise of the game? We all know Wraith can be dark and creepy and, uh, and 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 harrowing at points, which is, well, yeah. you know, but, but and I, if somebody and if somebody's not being cool with that, all right, we understand. Um, are you going to be able to continue or, you know, but I, I have I it's more of the. Consent, but you also do have to remember you are playing with other people. So what you should make sure that you ought to do is 
Well, you know, is it, is it just me? Are you derailing? I'm pretty much, I've right, had right, people right. use at, consent at, to be an asshole. But at this point, what they need to do is, as they revoke their consent to wanting to be a part of that game, is to then step out of the game because it is the core concept of the game. Mm-hmm. If they're trying to enforce that on top of the game that people do want to run, well, that just means the game's not right for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's the line. And that's actually, the thing is, though, that is a lot, one of the people think is, like, with consent, and you if you can, you can give and withdraw it at any time. But that doesn't mean that if everyone else is still on board, and everyone else, but you should, you not feeling comfortable. Cool. You stop. You, you talk about it. You work through it, but no, you, you also have, have to, to evaluate. Is you this, don't even is have to work you through play? it. If no, you no, no, are not it, comfortable, you can just walk away. And you should. If if any player at any point becomes uncomfortable, they should be allowed to just w- get up and walk away. God or, yes. But With not everybody is willing to do that because they don't want to feel like something is yeah, oppressive. Because so, I, I had a player that demanded we change the game because he wasn't comfortable with it because it was a you know a he didn't because it was a fantasy world this and that the other and he didn't like the fact that I, I can't remember what it was part in one of these games but it was it was like uh, I, I can't even remember the exact part but he's like well no I want to still play but you have to take that out and would not leave the game where well then you just ask them to leave because they're not no they're but not. The, it's like i've said i've i have had men in my games weaponize i don't feel comfortable with that you have to change it for me right, that but, is a little but, but that's that is not, something you do have to right right right, right, right. you have to keep the, an eye out for it it is it, there's consent and respect but you have to be careful because it's very important to get the whole consent, but there's also the be careful because I've had that happen to me more times than I can count. And it can fuck with the games. And that's another, it's another consent thing. It's like, at what point? Well, there's, like, all right, there's a difference copy. between, there's a difference between consent and the social contract. Okay. Understood. And what you're talking about when somebody says you need to change that, that's not taking, that's, well, it is withdrawing consent, but it mm-hmm. is also changing the social contract that's going on. And that's a different topic entirely, which we do need to actually have a, 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 a long show about that. Yeah, cause I, I, I ended up booting somebody from a game because they, because they're and changing because what, the social contract, not, and they were making this. the other players uncomfortable. Pretty much it was yeah. like, do I keep five happy players and lose this one or, you know, it, it, it it's, you know, yeah. because what they were doing, and, and there's a whole, the thing is like, and there's also this whole kind of, you know, if you're playing with somebody, it's not, let me just put it this way, it's not just subject matter, it's also the people that you're playing with, especially if you're getting like, uh, you don't know everybody yet, you know, it's like, oh, these are all my friends from all over the place, you're all getting together, and um, I think it was called like the missing step, if I recall correctly. Where, you know, there's that one guy that's always a creep, but, you know, you just roll with it. 
you know what? I don't have to consent to having that in my game. I withdraw consent. Yeah. It's not just situational things. It also has to be between the players. Um, Okay. Now, this, like we said, we are just touching this. We really do need to have, like, multiple shows on this. But there's a couple of big things that you should also do because we're we're kind of coming up against time here. And there are three this things goes a lot that you deeper. can do that are really easy ways for people to express that they've changed, like the consent has changed. Yeah. And if they're okay. scared with speaking up, they don't. it doesn't have to be verbal. You, we've had poker Hold chips. On. This this is what we're getting. Okay, so there's three things. There's there's no words and go words, which think about uh, no words are like a safe word. So it's something that wouldn't normally come up in conversation. That would be, it's like a hard like. Okay, this needs to stop right away, and it's just by yeah. saying the word or the phrase. And for and here's and, the thing: make sure that it is like if you're running a D and D game. And this is sounds silly. We have had uh, stop the topic be pink Mohawk. Yeah, something yeah. that we all know, but it's all that it's so jarring, especially since we all know we're like, what the oh, okay. Yeah. Now the other thing that you can do, and this is a way of getting like a verbal yes, go ahead, is, and this is part of the go words, is we're going to move into talking about whatever this topic is. Is everybody ready for that? So you're getting mm-hmm. like a verbal, like, or, or just a, a head shake, I'm not. whatever. Thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. They can even write it down on a card and hand it to you so that nobody knows who's saying what. You know, one as long thing, as it's very, very clear. Here's a trick though. One thing also, if you, if you're very, if you, if you got a new player and they're very worried about, uh, bringing up topics, saying that they're not comfortable because they are new, when you start your game, Make the make the the concept of Ninja Notes two and from the GM kind of commonplace. Yeah. And if your stuff starts to come up, you can always just have them like Ninja Note, you know, before and after. We we've had it where somebody writes a, a Ninja Notes like, dude, you got a booger out of your nose. <laughs> just have them do that. So also one, it's less interruptive, but it allows. I don't want to say anonymous, but allows like um. My, less interruptive, but very explicit communications. Yes. And if everyone at the table is already used to that happening, if, um, you know, uh, if somebody ninja notes and you read it and they're like, okay, it's like, hey, dudes, can we stop for a minute? I got to go pee. Hang on. And then yeah. what it, cause ninja notes, it allows any player to discreetly kind of bring up, um, without letting anybody know who it was. You might get a couple of people saying that, yeah. but there all might be, you know, like that whole social contract thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. that it, it allows them to voice their things without breaking the perceived social contract that the game has. You know, so everyone goes, grabs a soda, you take a pee break and, you know, maybe talk to one or two of the other PCs and talk to the person that had an issue so they also don't feel singled out. Yeah, especially because that's the that's, last thing you want to do. That's a lot of is, aftercare. Is is but, doing stuff like that, but you know, the thing touching is, base afterwards. Yeah, but if some, like I said, you stop. But the other thing is also, the last thing you want to do, especially for new players, and especially if they're uncomfortable, is make them feel that they're weird for bringing it up. 
Right. So, so you don't want the it's it's keeping that whole illusion of kind of a little bit of cohesion until you get more info. Yeah. So there's two more. One of them is called the X card. And I actually have this in mind. And it's just an index card that has a big red X on it. And it sits okay. in the middle of the table. If at any point something comes up that somebody isn't comfortable with, all they have to do is touch it. That's it. You touch it, it stops. Whatever it is, it immediately stops. It's the same as a no word or go word, but it's just, it's a nonverbal. And it does work. Especially when you run more horror type things, you end up learning a lot of different ways of non-verbally communicating, like this has gone a little too far for my comfort. But you can do that with any game. Oh yeah. We, so. we had poker chips that, that on, on white ones. And pretty much is like we'd have different colored poker chips. Um, like white was okay. Um, and we had blue was, uh, could we discuss about how far we're going? And red means everything stops. Yeah. And you'd have three and all you would have to do is just like kind of show it. Yeah. You know, you didn't, you wouldn't even have like to throw it, but what it would do is like you just push the chip forward. Cause the, you remember when you were, when you were a kid and you're like, are you angry? He's like, why are you angry? He's like, I don't know. The thing is, they might not—they might just feel uncomfortable, but not have. Oh, they don't have to explain why they're uncomfortable. Never, they never need to explain why mm-hmm. they're uncomfortable. And that but is they might not even know important. why themselves. And, and letting fine. them know that's okay, as yeah. long as if they—they're not feeling right. It doesn't have to be exact. It doesn't have to be uh, fully defined. If just something ain't right, uh, guy, you know. Yeah. You know if. And you don't have to say all oh, this subject specifically. Right. Yeah. You know? But there's another and the, there's a third one that I want to that I want to touch on. And that's the uh the phrase no thank you evil. What? Yeah. It's it's one that's kind of been going around a little bit. It's similar to like a, you know, like a safe word or whatever, but it's it's basically a you know, no, thank you. I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's and, apparently from another one of their game systems that they incorporated yeah. into uh, the consent and gaming book. Yeah, they did. So it's it's basically like another version of the X card or another yeah. version of using like an X card phrase. Yep. Just to kind of basically, you know, just that's it. Yeah, I'm done, <laughs> and it stops right now. So, but you should always. If if somebody has a change in their consent, this is something to keep in mind because this is going to be kind of like our the final wrap up here because we're getting real far. Um, something to keep in mind when you're done and it's after the session, touch base with all of your players, especially the one who changed their consent. And just try to get some follow-up questions. Is it, you know, like, is it me being too descriptive about this? Or is it just that there's this issue? 
Yeah, is it I mean, a, is it the subject matter? Is it how it was handled? Is right. it the scene itself? Because Where, some people because it's not wrong. It's it's the, the it's some people just you know they're not comfortable with it, and that's awesome. But you have to know as a GM they you know and you know and don't like get in their face about it because that's like no. you know asshole move. But the thing is like ask them. It's like. You know, because if everything was cool up until a very specific thing, it's like, well, was it, you know, at, at what point? Because if you know, then it's awesome because then you're like, okay, well, how would you like me to handle it in the future? Is there things that I can do? You know, it, you can, and if they don't know, don't, they're like, I don't know. Give them time to think. And you can say, well, do you want to think on it? And I'll touch base with you in a week. Yeah. You know, don't, if they don't have an immediate answer, that's okay. They might not know it. Now, we're going to, I'm going to just, like, throw this out real quick. Now, when somebody, it could just be that, like, everybody's hanging out and it's between stuff. It doesn't even have to necessarily happen in the game. But if somebody does something that you are uncomfortable with, be totally cool with with either like saying something or if you notice somebody else in the group seems to be uncomfortable say hey let me let me see those uh consent lists i don't know if this is on that list of things that we should be talking about yeah it's because remember you can the cover airport, for somebody something else. say something yeah because it's okay because you may be able to help diffuse a situation before it becomes such a problem. And that's something that is, is something that really should happen. And, and I would, and don't be afraid. Is, if you're the one that makes the, the break, don't be afraid to apologize because everybody makes mistakes. And if you forget, like, I was running something and for the for my last group and there was a scene with spiders and I started describing that there were spiders and I'm like, oh shit. And he goes, you know what? The mini is not a spider. I'm okay. And so we went through the rest of the scene and when it was done, I was like, dude, I am so sorry. I meant to change this to something else, and it slipped my mind this week. And to be honest, you will actually make your player if you if you accidentally made an oopsie, and we all do. If you own is like, I am sorry, dude. I've I it slipped. Um, you know, don't make excuses. You know, it's like I am sorry. You know, it's like, I, it's like, the thing is like, as a GM, you always try and lead by example. It's yeah. like, I fucked up. I did, I, I, I missed this yeah. one going through the module or, um, it, it, it it's, you know, or, or, you know, and just say, it's like, dude, I'm sorry. It's like, do you, all right, if, if I'm able to change this, do you want to keep going? Should we take a break? I yeah. fucked up. And if, you know, be, be, don't lay it on like super thick, but be very emphatic that, yeah, I screwed up. We can fix this because, 
you know, a lot is that a lot of new people kind of also have that I have to be perfect at this, so they'll never speak up. No, no, definitely speak up. But, so, lead by example. Yeah, but you guys should really check this this PDF out. It's free. There is a link in the doobly doos. Mm-hmm. And but, if it helps you, also contact the creator and let them know that it helped them. Yeah. Because. Uh, when they release something for free, especially with a, a topic that can be as touchy as something like this, and I, I know Zen and I are coming at it from very, very different experiences, especially uh, for for both of us based on gender and background. You know, um, I am a I am a girl, even though I don't completely sound it, and I do not come from a military background. Yeah. It is different. So it's that kind of thing that you know, it's like. Because it's the I, I have the thing is like let's just put it this way consent for the players is important and so is consent for the GM. Yeah, and everybody's feelings are important. Mm-hmm. And and especially, I mean, no no one person is above anyone else when it comes to that. And that is something that you know people need to remember is that you know it's okay. But honestly, you guys should check this out because there is a an, a consent checklist that you can print off from this and hand to your players so that they can tell you what they are and aren't comfortable with. There's also one of the things that I'm really that I really liked about it was there is a enthusiastic, a okay if it's veiled off stage, and the hard line do not include. And they left spaces at each of the kind of like sections. So like horror, there's a couple of blank spots so people can write things in, mm-hmm. you know, relationships, social and cultural issues, mental and physical health, and then any other topics because none of some of those aren't even things that bug you, but it could be something else. Mm-hmm. And, and- after you get these sheets, and after you get these sheets, it's gonna, it's, we are almost 99.9% of the time, we almost always have smartphones. Yeah. Take a photo of everybody's special, uh, of everybody's form. Yeah. You know, put it, put it on your Dropbox, you know, with a password or something, so you can almost always have access to it before you plan something. Yeah. And if something comes up, you're, and you can DM your player. Before the game even starts, it's like uh, this module has this module has a uh, has zombies in it. Like yeah. me, it's like one of my big things is it's zombies tied to being the last human alive. Everybody else is zombies, and I'm the last remaining human. And you have to figure out which person in your party is a zombie. I'd be like, um. I'm not entirely cool with that. Uh, count me out. I'll put in the next game. Yeah. So that's, that's the, yeah. And like I said, keeping those on you and also having those. And as you're coming up on stuff, you know, you can text your, you can text a player. It's like, oh, it's like, cause if you forgot about it and it might be coming, it's, you know, give them an advanced warning. They might be able to say, let's see if I can handle it. Yeah. You know, like electronics allow us a lot of really cool communications. Don't be afraid to use them. It's like the, it's the central rule. We're all here to have fun. 
But we can only have fun if everyone's honest and communicates. Yeah. Well, okay. We are going to wrap this up because we've gone really, really long on this. <laughs> Damn. So, um, so let's go ahead and roll into our next topic. And now we enter Stat Blocks. This is a segment where you can use something that we've created in your game tonight. Okay. I've got my stat block if you're ready. Good, because I got nothing this week. Well, you you've been you have been fighting the the you know natural human urge to melt in hundred degree weather. You know. <laughs> yeah, I have. Mhm. All right. I came up um in in honor of the month of October. I came up with the black grubs. In the realm of nightmares, there are those who stand against the darkness. They defend the small pure areas from the encroaching shadows, keeping innocence safe. But even the defenders of the pure are not always beacons of light. There are those who choose to damn their own souls to give others a chance at freedom. These are the counterparts to the butterfly knights. They actively consort with monsters, demons, and shadows, performing heinous acts for the boogeyman, all the while delivering critical intel on the boogeyman's operations back to the butterfly knights. These brave and selfless children are known as the black grubs. The members of the black grubs come from all walks. They can be a butterfly knight who is too broken to actively fight. With a damaged body and damaged soul, they feel that they can no longer perform their duties. They can be soulless children whose willpower alone keep them, wa- keep them walking on a path of honor. And the lost children, so easily forgotten, enacting covert operations only to be forgotten once again, as if their valor never existed. The back grubs act as double agents for the butterfly knights, Allying themselves with the boogeyman and his minions, all the while turning over closet land secrets and defenses to the knights. Some enact suicide missions, their deaths allowing the rescue of many. The most clever will actively, bunny rabbit ears, attack butterfly knight strongholds and supply lines, relaying the weaknesses uncovered back to Kendra, the leader of the butterfly knights. Doing this has a twofold effect. It allows new knight recruits to gain experience and allows Kendra to strengthen their defenses. Those that join the Black Grubs do not expect to live very long, and every member is keenly aware of this. When they join the Black Grubs, their true names are cast away, and they take on an appropriate Closetland moniker. And to keep their soul from falling into the hands of the Boogeyman, they perform a child version of Last Rites. The child inscribes an image on the, of a grub on the back of the Butterfly Knight Shrine of Heroes and Brave. They then inscribe a butterfly over their heart using their own tears. And this is the greatest mercy afforded to a black grub. This rite ensures that if the child is killed, their soul is utterly destroyed. It is the black grub's final act of defiance and glory. The boogeyman loses his prize, that which he desires most. So if you ever enter the butterfly fields in closet land, visit the shrine and recite the inscribed words of honor to commemorate the fallen butterfly knights and shed a tear for those whose names will never be known, but whose sacrifice saved the world. 
Nice. Very nice. Thank you. I like it. That's cool. <laughs> I've been on a little fierce key. You know. <laughs> I, I've been when on it. You, but. Well, I, I'm hopefully, if all things go right, I will be running a game. And I'm crossing my fingers because um, we might get a special guest or two playing. But oh, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, and it, it was, I mean, I've been watching a Let's Play, because uh, I have had this concept for years. And I was watching a Let's Play of Hollow Knight uh, with, um, <clears throat> uh, on the Extra Play YouTube channel. Uh, the, well, it's, it's Playframes now, um, uh, with Dan Floyd. And, you know, the, these little things he captures, are, he's like, it calls him Grubbles, and I'm like, Black rubs. There we go. Because I, I couldn't think of a name for these guys. That's fun. It's, I'm like, and I'm like, oh my god. It's, thank, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, that's fun. And uh, it was, it was. I finally was able to get a name. That was the, my big sticking point. <laughs> yeah. So, we got anything else? No, you got anything? <laughs> nope. <laughs> hey, I'm glad I. I'm you glad. busy, huh? My creativity has been poured into another uh, kind of basket. So, and you also had to deal with like water, hurricane, stupid people. Well, I always have to deal with stupid people. Yeah. I know, but the hurricane he missed us this year. Yeah, okay. I live on this planet. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay, so um, let's go ahead and, and flip on into our next segment. Then, just keep chucking right along. Lexicon, where we give you cool words to help improve your vocabulary. Okay. So what do we got? Alright, the word is distaff. I own one. No. (laughs) Yes, I do. You do? Yes, I do. Oh. You've seen me knit and crochet. Ah. That's why I know what it is. That's one of them. There's also another definition for this word. Yeah, but... There's two. There's a noun. This stuff's just like cooler when when you're using crack rather than, you know, like a a spindle and drop, you know. Okay, so... So there's two. So there's the, the adjective, which there are two definitions for. And it is female, basically means female, or uh, maternal. So, either one of those. And then there is the noun, which Jules knows, which is a staff for holding the flax, towel, or wool in spinning. Hmm? It's It's, you know... It's kind of what you hold all the stuff on as you're doing like the drops and stuff like that. It's also, and I'll be honest, it's also, that sounds cool. It does. It's also written as women's work or domain is another definition for that. And a, a lot of those are because they're very, very old words. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why. And then the, the second definition in the in the noun 
is the female branch or side of a family. So. That actually adds extra meaning because if you think of like the 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 Norns or the Three Fates, yes, you know, with the spinning, <laughs> yeah, it, it, the, the, with the whole distaff thing, it actually thinks it's like okay, maybe, and especially they were women dealing with the woman's side of the family. It actually has a couple extra layers into that. I didn't thought about it that way. Yeah. So. As the adjective, which is the first one we gave, it was first used in uh, about 1633, meaning the maternal. And the noun is actually from before the 12th century. I think you have those mixed. Mm, nope. Mm. Or maybe I'm mixed reading the way that the website's showing the census. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the adjective is from circa 1633, and then the noun is before the 12th century. Because they were doing it's the spinning. same that, like, it's same for the adjective circa 1633 and the meaning to find a sense two, and when we look up to it, that's the sense two of the adjective. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, no, it could have been used as a noun prior. That's why I'm confused. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's one of those weird ones. But it, it, it does change, you know? Yeah. Mm, okay. But it comes from all the way back to Old English. And also uh, Middle Low German to Middle English and then to present day English. It makes a sense. Mm hmm. And the lookup popularity is the bottom 40% of words. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Not many people look it up. So. Let's go ahead and, and hit those closing remarks and wrap this bad boy up. Alrighty. What do you got? No. Well, I actually caught something on, well, I guess, TV, Netflix. Uh. uh you know, normally I kind of don't really spend much time watching shows, but I found a show on Netflix that not only caught my attention, but actually made me binge the entire thing over like two or three nights. Really? And that's the Umbrella Academy. Because it's amazing. It absolutely is. <laughs> yeah. It came out early this year. I didn't catch it until about two weeks ago or so. Oh. And it is phenomenal. Yeah. It's it's like this weird spin on like like kind of the well we're going to take a bunch of kids who have special powers and put them in a university and you know they'll come out superheroes. They they have powers oh. superheroes. Uh there's you don't a bit more that's to based on a comic, right? I did read about the comic. I glanced over it and it diverges uh, a lot of different ways. Yeah, that but, make more sense because you know. But uh, also, do you know who wrote the comic? I do not. He was a musician. Ah, actually, um, I want to well, say that does explain the finale, which I don't want to spoil. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I want to say that it, I. I and my wife will will pound my face in if she finds out that I'm 
struggling to remember the name. Uh, I want to say he was the lead singer for um, oh my god I'm drawing a blank you know you're sitting in front of a computer right yeah but I have I have one of those hold on it's a whisper quiet mouse that's it that's it yes who is I believe oh god it's um, oh, you can keep like kind of hanging out while I'm looking stuff up. I can't. Uh, My Chemical Romance. Yes. Ah. Uh, yes. He actually quit doing that to start writing comics. Well, cool. So, yeah, mm. it's it's really really cool. He's uh, done a few other things too that have been really cool in the well, comic. The series is phenomenal. It's it does stuff. That a lot of series get just just don't do well, which I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, there is it is the certain time travel aspects to it, and it does a time travel story well, yes, like really, really well, yeah, and so so just so you know, mm-hmm. there is supposed to be a short. That's coming out with the um, the two uh, agents from that. They're cool. doing a thing with them. Cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, but seriously, this series is definitely worth checking out. It's going to have more seasons. Let me put it this way. My immediate reaction after watching the last episode was to Google, when is season two coming out? Turns out, <laughs> probably late 2020 at the earliest. Yeah. So, it is definitely worth watching. You will be hungry for season two. <laughs> the characters are great because they especially... It also does a really good thing, uh, which I could do like an entire podcast episode talking about, <laughs> in terms of having your characters start from a position of failure. Yeah. Like, I could go into a whole huge thing about that, and I'm, I'm really considering <laughs> doing, like, a solo thing, uh, like, blog post about it, but it, it does a really good thing about handling starting characters from a position of failure and having them grow and have these impressive character arcs where they don't magically flip a coin and they're suddenly great people. Yeah, it's it, it is a struggle for these characters dealing with their familial issues, their yeah. power yeah. issues, the world at large. There's there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving pieces, and there's time travel, and it's it good. all works. Yeah, it's really good. So, so definitely check it out. All right, Jules, what you got? All right. Um because of my love of good storytelling and science, I'm recommending Dr. Stone. It is on Crunchyroll as an anime, and there's a manga as well. And basic, basic, basic part of it is, um, all of humanity gets turned to stone, and just, no reason, just poof. Well, there's a reason, but we don't know it yet. 
And then a couple thousand years in the future, this one kid named Senku, he's the first one to wake up. And he has, he's like a science prodigy, but it's not the, he just knows stuff. No, this kid uh, wanted to learn stuff, bought books, experimented, read everything he could. I mean, it was, it was like he devoured science because he wanted to understand that would experiment, come up with hypotheses and actually test it. And he, his goal is to bring humanity back, you know, from kind of going in back into the Stone Age. And it's, it's kind of funny because when you get certain things, it's like you have like acquired stone tools and you hear like a little like level up sound and, and, and acquire sound like you'd hear in Final Fantasy in the anime. Yeah. But it's great. The sci, and the thing is, the science is right. And some of the screenshots, like the opening bit in, it's it's pulled straight out of Life After People. I don't know if you remember that. Um, it was on the History Channel. It was a TV yeah. series, two seasons. That one where you're seeing all the, you know, a, a lot of the skyscrapers and the covered in, like they're falling apart and they're covered in uh, detritus and stuff like that. Yeah. It's almost a, it's a perfect recreation of that one shot before they go into like the opening bit of the show. And I'm like, oh my god. Oh, that's cool. And. The science is there, and it's the science is right, and they put a warning: don't try this. It's dangerous as hell. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's. I love the fact that you know everyone's like, when am I going to need this? When am I ever going to need this? Here's the most extreme example. <laughs> yeah. But it showed that the kid wasn't just smart because he was smart. No, the kid got smart because I want to go to space. So he read books on space and gravity and electronics and. He'd experiment. He'd fail. He'd make changes. And that, because science isn't, isn't just, okay, you come up with something. It's, you get a hypothesis, you learn, you test, you get your results and you modify. And they showed that. And that's, and that, that hunger to find the truth. Yeah. You know, and, and that was just like, oh my gosh. So the, the kid, yes, is, is brilliant, very bright, has a big aptitude for learning, but, he didn't just get smart because he was smart. He got smart because he sat his ass down and read and read and read and, and you know, bought like a Raspberry Pi and started working on networking, you know, because he yeah. wanted to learn it. And I'll be honest, the, the main character is, a, is like a little six-year-old, is the cutest thing in the world, you know, wearing a teeny-wee, like a little kid lab coat, <laughs> nose in a science book. And his friends love him for it. You know, it, it's they don't just like, oh, nerd. They're like, hey, they're they're like, one guy who's just like kind of like a jock, kind of like you know, like a like a a, a brickhead is one of the terms he calls him. But he he finds he's he, you know the science kid is like, I really respect your endurance and your your physical fortitude. I I don't have that, and it's you know, and the other one is best for his intellect, and they find a way to work together. I love that. It's not like you know the jocks versus nerds you'd always see in the eighties. Yeah. So. It's a delightful show, so I, I highly recommend it. And in the opening credits, see how many of the chemical formulas you can identify. I found caffeine. Only because that's the only one I've got memorized. That's funny. Well, Take us home. All right. So I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but there is a show on Amazon Prime right now. And it is Carnival Row. It is... If you were to take steampunk and mash fairies into it. Are you talking like fae fairies? Yeah. Or are you talking- 
Oh, so you're lo- you're talking like like Selkies and and she and Slua kind of shit. Sort of, yeah. They there's they have their own terms for a lot of them. Which it's is, the fair it's folk, cool. not like fair, not Tinkerbell. This is the fair folk. Yeah, yeah. Like <gasps> they have a whole entire like continent that they lived on, and like they've been around forever. Like they've got a culture and learning that goes back thousands and thousands of years and mankind has kind of started had been in a war on their continent for them and they're kind of refugees in this city and it is amazing how they've done it and how how long is the series i think it's like eight episodes Definitely want to check that one out. That's a tangible. It is very, very good. Um, and it's very gritty and very, very dirty. And it feels like a, like just starting to become industrial location. And, you know, all of the, the fairies are kind of shoved off into like a ghetto basically in this city. And that's where they live. And it's so good. But there's a huge cool reveal at the end that is so good. And I'm not going to, I, I'm not spoiling it, but it is really, really good. And Orlando Bloom is in it, and he does a great job. Really? Yeah. It is so good. It is worth checking out. Now, this is going to sound weird. Is it, is it just like a self-contained miniseries like Good Omens, or? No, there's a second season coming. It's based on a series of books. Oh. So, yeah, it's it's good. And um, I want to say... Uh, it was after the the first week that it was out, Amazon commissioned season two. So there is a new season that will be coming. I don't know when, but it it did get renewed for a second season. And it's good. Awesome. So I can hardly wait. It's so, going to be cool. Yeah. So there's good stuff out there. But... Um, just as kind of a closing, since we haven't done it yet, if you want to talk to us, chat, anything like that, you can find us on all of our social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook group, Facebook page. We have a Tumblr, not that anybody uses it. We also have a Discord server. And get some interesting chats in there, you know. Yeah. So. Hey, come up with a random GM topic. It's just like. Who do you think would be the, I think I just heard like Helen Mirren just runs D&D for her grandkids. You know, yeah. random GM fact of the day, you know. Yes, cool stuff. So, Like, dude, can Helen Mirren get any more awesome? <laughs> I don't think so. But, yeah. all right, guys. So, until next time, have fun, roll some dice, guys. Keep cool, too. Make sure you let people know which type of dice you like rolling. Darn skipping. Alright, and we are out!
can contact us or the show using Twitter, Facebook, or plain old email. Our Twitter accounts are at Zendead, at Jules Podcaster, and at 2050Gardemoget. And the show's Twitter account is at SeizeTheGM. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash SeizeTheGM. Or chat with us and other RPG lovers in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash seize the GM. You can email questions or comments to the show at admin at seize the GM.com. And if you have a few bills you want to send us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash seize the GM podcast. And we thank you. joining us for this episode of Seize the GM. Feel free to leave a comment about this episode on our webpage, www.seizethegm.com. Let the dice fall where they may, and we'll see you all again next week. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted materials referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended, and no claim of ownership is implied. The music for the show is Dreaming Spirit off the album Ghost Machine by the Enigma TNG. His music is released under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license.